This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. He, he wants <laughs> nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast. And, of course, it is the day after Christmas, uh, a beautiful uh, Monday here in the Delaware Valley. Uh, and this is podcast number 148, and we got a lot to talk about today. In fact, I'm going to stay in the Christmas spirit here, and I'm going to uh, put a little hat on here just because I want people to be festive. Uh, for this particular show, um, we did a post game show last night after the game uh, on Jacob Media, of course. And uh, the tenor of the response that we were getting online and on social media and, and on Twitter was that we were being entirely too negative with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, even though they won the game last night. They beat the Giants, they did what they needed to do, they got a win last night. Uh, we will get inside that win and what it means, but I, I wanted it to be positive, and this is why I'm putting on my little Christmas hat, my little Santa hat today. Um, I'm going to uh, give you complete honesty on how I look at this season. I think I've been honest for the last uh, several weeks uh, about where to judge the Eagles, and you don't judge them at this particular point on how they're going to finish the rest of the regular season um, because they're going to win these games. Uh, there, there's no way they're going to be able to lose to the Giants or the Arizona Cardinals next week with Jonathan Gannon coming back to town or the last game, certainly, against the Giants. So they're going to wind up with a good record. And they're most likely going to wind up with the number two seed, at, very, at the very worst, the number three seed. And we'll get into the playoff ramifications of that in, in a little bit. How I judge the Eagles now, uh, and they've earned this right to be judged this way because they've been one of the premier teams in the league over the last couple of years. So how I judge them is how playoff worthy are they? Uh, like a game, uh, another notch in the win column against the Giants it isn't going to sway me one way or the other unless they play lights out and they're one of these teams that as you enter the playoffs seem to be in a groove, like the NCAA basketball tournament. You always look for a hot team coming into the tournament. If the Eagles somehow in the last two games become that hot team where they're firing on all cylinders, then I will obviously think they're more playoff worthy than I do now. Because what I feel now is that game against the Giants yesterday did nothing to convince me that they're going to be more viable in the playoffs. And there's a reason for that. When you look at teams towards the end of the year, you look at how they're playing, you look at how they're discombobulated a little bit. We talked about how they were discombobulated last week with the changing of the defensive coordinator uh, and this and that and throwing in guys that haven't played before like they did yesterday with Ben Van Susseren uh, playing alongside Shaq Leonard uh, with both their corners out yesterday. 
and then you see things in the game like this. Zacchaeus bumping in to Boston Scott on a kickoff return when he has no business being in the area, which gives the Giants a touchdown. Uh, what you don't see is a quarterback who should have the game planned in his head, who should be savvy enough to know better, does not run out of bounds towards the end of the first half and almost, and actually should have, cost them a chance to score points there because somehow the Giants got called for delay of the game when, when the ball was loose and the guy grabs it and they interpreted that as an intentional delay of the game, which gave the, which saved the Eagles' ass, basically, towards the end of the first half where they were still able to get three points. Um, you don't see sideline altercations like you saw at the end of the game with Sirianni getting in the face of several players and his own uh, linebackers coach uh, in that kind of a situation. So what I'm saying to you is that the Eagles through that game yesterday did not make themselves complete enough on a lot of fronts for me to be able to sit here and say, yeah, okay, that's a good win. They're now playoff worthy because the same things pop up with me. They beat a horrendous team yesterday. And you could say anything you want about, well, it's a win anyway. Yeah, it's a win anyway. It's a win against a horrendous team. But they didn't win against teams that were a little better than the New York Giants for the last three weeks. But they did win yesterday uh, because the Giants stink. And what we saw yesterday was the end of the Tommy Cutlets dream. You know, the, he should be calling pizza parlors now to pay them for him to show up because his tenure as a Giants quarterback is over. They yank him at halftime because he was terrible. He wouldn't throw the ball more than seven yards down the field. They, were, they looked at him like he was a scared kid. So uh, the, the Giants uh, did make it uh, a decent enough game only because of the Eagles giving them touchdowns. Like, if you look at the game, you know, while the Giants scored 25 points, they really didn't score 25 points, did they? They got a gift on a 14-yard drive, uh, and then they got a defensive touchdown. And then they got a 70-yard bomb, which shouldn't have never happened because Blankenship got sucked in at a time of the game where you can't possibly get sucked in. So you look at that and you go, man. And they were still one Hail Mary catch away from having that game sent into overtime against the New York Giants. So when I look at this game, and I'm sorry for the people that think we're being negative. We are just judging the Eagles on a different level right now. You don't judge them because they got another win under their belt against a bad team. You judge them on have they shown enough progress for you to go into the playoffs thinking they really have a shot to get to win in the playoffs. And right now, I do not feel that way. Now, yesterday, they did run the ball pretty well. And the angst that is at uh, Lincoln Financial Field right now is manifesting itself by people doing chants in the, in the stands. Run the ball. <laughs> this is a team that's, that has four losses. The 49ers helped them out by losing yesterday. They're going into the playoffs, and you got all these little problems that are lining up. And I'm like, this team is just not ready for the playoffs. So can they get it together by the end of the year? I guess they can. Listen, I, I can't rule it out that they could play against the Arizona Cardinals and they go crazy and they get it all together and they run, they score like 38 points and then they bury the Giants in the last game and they were saying, okay, maybe they got a chance. But right now, I cannot say that. So 
During the course of this uh, podcast, which is brought to you by the great people at Bet Rivers, by the way, uh, the Eagles did not cover that big spread, which by game time was 14 points. That's how much the odds makers thought the Eagles were better than the Giants, and they were 14 points better than the Giants. And it turns out they don't cover it. They get another win. And all we heard on the postgame show yesterday, I'm a little raspy voice, I apologize for that. But all we heard on the postgame show, you guys are being too negative. And I go, okay, all right. If you think that's negative, that's fine. I'm judging them by a different standard. I'm not judging them by this lollipop standard. Uh, They got another win, and they're still in the hunt for the number one seed. I can't judge them that way. I've seen too much. I've been through too much over my career that I've seen teams that are good and teams that are not so good, teams that are playoff worthy and teams that are not playoff worthy. And right now this team, listen, they, they can win a game. But my question is, in the second round, do you right now think they can beat the Detroit Lions? The Lions aren't a great team either. But I guarantee you, if you were to inject yourself with truth serum, you would say, you know what, that's probably going to be a tough game for them to win, even though the game will be at home. I mean, maybe it won't be at home, depending on what the seeds are, because they could very well slip down to the third seed here. And we'll discuss that in a minute. Well, let me bring producer Darren in right now. Before we go over the minutiae of this game, the general overall feeling that you have after you watched them beat the Giants yesterday. The general feeling I have, Mike, is that there's something inherently wrong with this team. There's something inherently I don't you don't see the things and, and people rolled me for the last couple of weeks when I said this team has distractions, this team isn't focused, there's something going on, and it, st- it stems from the top down. I have a theory. My theory is that most of the offensive players are not happy with the play calling. They know the quarterback and the offensive coordinator are close, and yet there are no changes. So some of the you know, some of the anger and the and the vitriol is spewing over to the quarterback. And some of these same players, and you can see this, are going to the head coach and saying, do something. There's a problem with the play calling. There's a problem with the rhythm of the offense, and he's not doing it. And now it's almost like a quarterback, offense coordinator versus some of the offensive players, and the head coach is now guilty by association. That's just my – it's just speculation. It's just my theory. I've been around a lot of NFL teams. If there's one sport I can talk on par with, with just about anybody in the country, it's the NFL. I've been in a lot of of locker rooms. That's my – opinion from 30,000 feet. There were positives yesterday. I thought Hertz played better. He made a bonehead play at the end of the first half, like you noted. There were turnovers, and the offense still seemed out of sync. But, man, the third down, the, the third and long to uh, A.J. Brown, the, the, the McNabb play, it runs over and hits, the, hits Calcaterra, gets the first down. Some wild, really good plays, really good throws. And there were at times he seemed more focused. But And, and positives defensively, Keely Ringo looks like he's going to be a player in this league at some point. Van something or other, I don't know what his name was. He was in position a lot of times. I like him. I liked what I saw out of him yesterday, but he was a little out of his depth at times. But, you know, there's opportunity there. Maybe somewhere down the line he's a player. Blanket ship, I know he's my boy. I talked to you a lot about him. He should never. That was a mistake on the defensive coordinator. That was a bad set. I can promise you, Mike. There is no strong safety that should ever have up top on the slot guy, ever. 
and he was up. He was he was had that was his responsibility on that sock guy up top with no other help. He should never be in that position. That's a defensive alignment mistake. So, uh, but again, that's a play that killed him yesterday. There, there, this team makes way too many just critical mistakes that really like a more focused team. An eleven win team does not make these mistakes. Is basically what I'm telling you. Uh, this team, this, what's that? Twenty five wins in two years with most, most of the, much of the same personnel. It's not like they have a totally redid the roster this year. A couple additions, couple losses. Uh, and the other thing I just can't get past is this defensive line just does not get home. They get no pressure, man. Cox is cooked. You know, they're doubling Carter. I get it. Jordan Davis on pass downs is near worthless, and they know it because he's not in there a lot of times. He's a great run stopper, but he has not performed against the pass well at all. So there are problems. There's a, there's a ton of problems for this roster um, right this is now. This the end of the problem. season right now, and uh... – I don't care that Ben Van Susseren could be a player down the road. That's irrelevant to me. Okay, they, they're gonna. My point is they're gonna have to positive. win with guys like Van, Van Susseren. And and at this point, uh, uh, I, I that's exactly my point. They're kind of stuck with guys. Like yeah. Him. All right. So let's uh, Van Summeren, not Van Susseren. Van Summeren, who came out of nowhere to be a starter yesterday with Jack something Leonard. Or other. Jack Leonard played okay yesterday. He got a lot of tackles. All right, so let's let's now go inside this game because, uh, you know, one of the things that happened yesterday, and these are the little things that add up. When you judge a team at the end of the year and whether they're playoff worthy, you can't have the center continuing to get the uh, 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 false star penalties. You can't do it. He's done it now in consecutive games, and, and, and it's like he knows knows better. He Like, I don't get that where a guy like Kelsey's even making those kind of mistakes. I could see – uh, uh, Jalen Carter lollygagging his ass off the field, right? Uh, you know that, but those kind of things should not happen. Zacchaeus should not be running into Boston Scott. Uh, like these little things that add up on a team, whether they're buckled down at this point of the year or not, uh, are happening. And then you get the explosion at the end with Sirianni getting in the face of people. Uh, that doesn't help. And uh, subsequently, afterwards, Hassan Reddick doesn't want to talk, and AJ Brown doesn't want to talk, and all these guys. And so that's discontent that lingers in a locker room. Again, they have two games to to get over this thing, uh, and they're playing bad teams. They should get over it, but they need to be, get well, not get over it. They need to get well here in the last two games for us to judge them as playoff worthy. So the people that think we're negative, what other way are you judging that? The Eagles now are a bona fide elite team. So you have to judge them at the next level. And the next level is what can they do in the playoffs? Uh, it's, it's it's silly to, to think that, well, you're being negative when they beat the New York Giants in any game. You can't, it's ridiculous. We're better than that. We're more knowledgeable as a fan base than that, where you can't just, this fan base can't just say, well, it was a win. Who cares? No. It's got to go deeper than that at that point. All right, I'm done my Christmas cheer, so I'm going to take off my Santa hat, and we'll get into the crux of this game. Uh, happy Christmas to everybody. I hope everybody's Christmas was wonderful. Um, let's go, first of all, to the Eagles, and they take the lead. Now, I can tell you that I have a bet going on with Seth Joyner. Uh, he made a statement early in the year. Cubby's going to return a punt for a touchdown. And I go, uh, I'll take action on that. He goes, all right, I'll give you, I'll even give you odds. So he's given me five to one odds on Cubby 
taking a, a, a punt to the house for a touchdown. And he came damn close yesterday, but that was to me his last shot. He came close, but not close enough. But what that did was it set up 54 yard return and it sets up the tush push for a touchdown. They're up seven to nothing. Now the Giants come back down with quick throws. It was obvious that they were going to trust DeVito at all. So quick throws, they inch the ball down the field. Uh, they converted a third and six, but they get, mind you, a too many men in the huddle penalty. <laughs> this Giants team is ridiculous. So they have to settle for a field goal. Now, uh, the Eagles on their next drive do convert a fourth and five, and then they convert another one on a fourth down on a tush push. But then there's the bad snap. Hertz makes a great play to scramble and get it to Calcaterra first down at the eight yard line. And then Swift goes right uh, for what looked like a TD, but his knee was down. They wound up converting that to take a 10 to three lead. All right. This is going the way I expected it to go. By halftime, it is 20 to three. And I'm going, okay. Now in the second half, the good team takes this 20 to three lead and buries this bad football team. To the point where the Giants are going, we're in desperate trouble. They start waving a white flag. Tommy Cutlets goes, you know, he, he might as well have gone home and make Cutlets with his mother because he was out of the game. And Tyrod Taylor is going to take you the rest of the way. So, but the one thing that can happen happens. They get the kickoff, and it's like the Keystone Cops. I, I, Zacchaeus smashes in. Like, you can't make this stuff up. Smashes into the, uh, the Boston Scott, fumbles the ball. <laughs> the Giants get the ball, and Sw- Saquon goes in for a TD. The Giants had a 14-yard drive there. For 14 yards to score to make it 20-10. to 10. All right, no big deal. It's still 20-10. to 10. But then the Giants get another touchdown uh, when uh, – uh, Dory Jackson gets gets a pick six, and, and it's twenty eighteen. And Hertz compounds the problem by horse collaring him out of frustration. So this is now two bad plays that he's made within a five minute span. Now it doesn't go out of bounds towards the end of the first half. Horse collars the guy in anger, which gives the Giants a chance to get a two point conversion, which they do. And now it's twenty to eighteen, and you're going, "Are you serious? This team." Was buried twenty to three at halftime. It's now twenty to eighteen against this crap team. This team doesn't even want to play, and they're within two points in this particular situation. So, do I need to go into the, to, to the rest of the game? The the Eagles do get the DeAndre Swift going on, on this uh, situation during this drive. They get a, a another Kelsey false start. But they do get the great pass to AJ where he floated it right over Isaiah Simmons. I mean, this is a natural athletic play that he makes. And then Gainwell gives him a lift by going 22 yards to the 20-yard line. Uh, That turns into a a swift touchdown. And it's 27 to 18. They add a field goal. It's 30 to 18. Pack it up, right? It's 30 to 18. There's no way the Giants are going to come back. I didn't think the Giants were going to come back anyway or either and here comes a bomb to darius slayton and i'm going i i I put my head in my hands i'm going you've got to be kidding me that they've allowed this giants team to stay close and then at the end they're driving again they don't have any timeouts they're hampered 
But Tyrod Taylor does get time enough to throw the ball and is into the end zone in that situation, and it's picked off, and finally the game is over. And uh, I'm going, okay, I, I didn't get anything out of this game. You know, I, 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 you can look at the statistics and say, okay, well, their numbers are pretty good. They have like 500 total yards. They did run the ball pretty well. Hertz's numbers weren't that bad. Uh, but when you collect it all and you put it in a basket, it doesn't make me feel that they're more playoff worthy. And that's the bottom line. Darren? I, that's exactly my takeaway from it. The only positives I really walked away from was the young cornerback from Georgia, Keely Ringo. I mean, I really I like his game a lot. He's quick. He's long. Uh, but other than that, like, I know, like you said, the numbers are gaudy. But situational football how many weeks are we saying this? This team is terrible at situational football. And that goes on the coaches, particularly the head coach. They're just not aware. There's no awareness of the situation at the game. That bo- it really bothers me. This is the most perplexing 11-win team I have ever seen in the NFL. It really is. I don't feel good about them. There's, I didn't walk away. This team, Mike, is friggin' exhausting. They exhaust me. I was so tired after watching that game last night. Uh, and I was stressed because <laughs> I'm not – I really – I don't look at them as, <laughs> All a, right. as a real a Super things. Bowl you're, contender. You're more anymore. of a, a believer than me. I've been around too long to overreact to certain bursts of good play. And Keely Ringo, the knock on him was he wasn't fast enough to play corner in the NFL. I don't know if Keely Ringo can play. I know you're going to rely on Keely Ringo in the playoffs. You're going to rely on Ben Van, Van Summerin in the playoffs. You can't be looking at that kind of thing and say these guys are going to be players. That's irrelevant to what they are now. But that's part of why I'm not I'm stressed about them, and I don't look at them as a Super Bowl contender because they have to rely on these guys, Mike. They don't have a choice. They had to rely on Van so, something or other. Was that a really to. difficult interception by Keely Ringo? Ringo? Was, was that a difficult interception that he made? Keely Ringo. Come on. Come on, man. No, I thought he was, it was the ball was I thought he right to his hands in the end zone when they overloaded the end zone on coverage. That doesn't mean he's pick. a great cover guy. I'm not talking about the pick. I'm talking about the rest of the game. I thought he played he well. He's okay. the second best quarterback on this he roster. He gets right Tyrod Taylor and Tommy DeVito. I get it. You don't get I'm it. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you that they are that this team is equipped. I'm just saying I'm looking for a positive. All right. Well, you're and looking. I tell you what. You, you're looking lion. under rocks and stones for a positive. I got this for true. you. Because I, I, I don't feel any positive. I, I don't look at. Well, yeah, but Keely Ringo. But come on, man. This is the playoffs. These guys now have to be elevated to a position in the playoffs. And I. Uh, you just can't throw a guy in. If they're saying all year long he can't play, he can't play, he can't play, because he hasn't seen the field. They don't see enough in him to make him want to play. All of a sudden, desperation, they throw him in, and, and he's got a short window to impress it, and he's made a couple plays. But that's not that's not a, an answer to anything. Overall, I'm with you, Mike. I don't I didn't feel any better about their chances after the game than before the game. I, I don't see this team going far. They're, in my eyes right now, they're one and done. I don't care who they play. I, if they play the Bucks, if they play the Rams, who are the two hottest teams in the NFC right now. Uh, well, they're not going to play. They're uh, not going to play the Bucks. So let's, Ra- let's zero Ryan, in on the playoffs right play. now. As it stands right now, the Lions have the two seed. Now that could change because no, that's not true. Right now, the Eagles have the two seed. No, I got it right here in front of me. NFL playoff picture. 
It's got the 49ers one, the Lions two, the Eagles three. This is on NFL.com. So uh, the, we're talking about common games right now. Now the Eagles could uh, up that record and grab the number two seed as it stands right now. But it's irrelevant whether they're two or three because they're going to have to play the Lions in the second round. So if, if it stays this way, uh, the the Lions will play the seven seed if they're the two seed. The seven seed right now are the Seattle Seahawks. The Eagles would then play the Rams, the six seed. Uh, I think the Seahawks would be no problem. So it's advantageous for them to get the two seed. I do believe the Rams, with with a veteran quarterback, could play well enough to steal a game at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm not worried about a matchup with Seattle. I am a little worried about a matchup with the Rams. They could very well lose that game at home to the Rams. That's how I feel about this team right now. Now, if they do get past that, te- that team in the first round, they're going to play the Lions in the second round. Uh, that will not be a home game. So the Lions game, as we stand right now, will be in Detroit, which puts a whole different spin on it. So that's what you're faced with now. Okay, so what I want you to do, for the people that think we're being overly negative, you take what you saw yesterday, and then you move this forward in the playoffs and, and put the, fill in the blanks with the scenarios that I just gave you. The Rams at home as the three seed, the Lions in Detroit as the three seed, and the Eagles are the three seed. So that's what I need you to consider. And then don't tell me that I'm being negative because unless you're a pie in the sky, you, you can't possibly be saying, oh, that'll be no problem for them. They'll beat the Rams. They'll beat Detroit in Detroit. Maybe I've been around too long. Maybe I'm not enough of a a Yahoo fan to think that. I'm using my own eyes to process information in my head to come up with an educated conclusion. And I ask you again, flat out, this team, what they showed yesterday, is that good enough to absolutely beat the Rams at home in game one and beat the Lions in Detroit in game two? Your thoughts, Darren? The only correction I'll make is I know if the Eagles went out, they get the two. Okay. Seed. Uh, and I actually thought they were still the two seed already. I, I, don't I got it. NFL.com. I got it right. No, 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 you're right. I looked at, I looked at okay. it. You're right. Uh, um, I, look, I'm telling, I don't, I'm with you. I don't see this team really, unless they're playing some, they're, if they, they're going to lose to any of the teams I already mentioned, they're going to beat the saints. They're going to beat the Vikings. They're going to beat any other team that they might have to get lucky with, you know, in playing in the first round. But, no, I don't see them right now. Maybe they beat Detroit, maybe, because the head coach makes a lot of boneheaded decisions. That would be like the bonehead coach bowl, Sirianni versus Campbell. Um, but I don't really see them. They're not going to beat Dallas anywhere right now. They're not going to beat San Francisco right now anywhere. So, no, they're not a Super Bowl. Team. Yeah, well, they're not playing Dallas. You can X Dallas out of the equation. They won't play them. Uh, right. Dallas has to go to Tampa Bay in game one. They, they could very well lose that game because they stink so bad on the road. And then they would have to go to the 49ers. Again. So the Cowboys yeah. are out of the picture. I haven't even brought them up for a reason. Now, hold on a second. I get in my phone and then we're going to continue with the, with the podcast because I want to go over. We're going to about to do around the NFL. My phone needed to be charged. Hold on one second. All right. Now I'm, I'm, I'm reeling from knee surgery. So it's, I'm doing this show in pain, by the way, because I'm, I can't really, sit down i have to keep my knee straight i have gone through immense pain over the last three days uh so Why don't you give uh, an update on what you actually had done mike 
because I don't know a lot of people. I had me, a which, partial knee I'm replacement. Like, I can't tell you. Hip I had a partial knee replacement done last week. I would give the guy credit. He's a master at this. His name is Dr. Jess Loner at Rothman. And he did a partial knee replacement on me because I had bone on bone on the inside of my right knee. Um, when I get out of surgery, I felt like I could run a marathon. What I didn't realize is that the nerve block that they used to put out my right leg and uh, also the anesthesia was still in my body. So that first day, I'm ready. I'm ready to do uh, uh, you know, the, the Irish uh, dance, right? Uh, uh, river, what is it? What is it called? What's the Irish? River walk? River, river dance. dance. I'm ready to do river dance. There you go. So, That's um, a jig. Really I had the jig. surgery on Wednesday. Thursday night. I suffered the most ungodly pain on, on earth. Now, I've had five orthopedic surgeries because I'm an idiot and I keep playing sporting events like baseball and basketball and golf. Uh, and so I've had two uh, from baseball, two on my shoulder. I had a meniscus on my right knee playing basketball. I had a foot surgery last year from playing basketball. But I keep coming back for more because I'm basically an idiot and I just like to stay active. But of, of those, all those surgeries, I have never, ever, 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 ever experienced the pain that I experienced on, um, on the Thursday night as I went to sleep in the middle. It, it hit me. I swear to God, I had to, like, I thought I was dreaming. I thought somebody actually had a blowtorch and was firing up my knee with a blowtorch. It was bur It was like a burning sensation. <laughs> oh my God. And I, I, of course, had oxycodones for the pain. My body laughed at the oxycodones. They didn't make one difference. So this is how I know I could never be addicted. I don't even get, a, I don't even get pain rubbed out by oxys, much less get a high from it. So, so there you go. Uh, and, and, and that's completely off the subject. Uh, it is I now talked to you Thursday or the next morning, and you were like, it felt like I had... 15 knives stabbed uh, hot knives because uh, I was feeling hot heat. Knife. It was like, it was like somebody like you ever see like movies where they torture people. They, they heat the knife. They put like somebody stabbed me with a knife that was 200 degrees. That's what I was feeling. And I was like, I couldn't like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so, I'm sorry to laugh at your no, pain. No. So it, it, <laughs> my point is, it's it's a little better now. I'm obviously they want me to be as active as possible. It's amazing. They replaced my knee and they want me to walk around. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, little by little, I'm getting there. But anyway, let's move on now because it's now time for uh, the uh, uh, let's go around the NFL. But let's first let's hammer out the playoff picture because I I rarely talk about the AFC. So I want to get this all straightened out. So right now in the NFC, the 49ers are the number one seed. Uh, Lions two, Eagles three. The Cowboys would be the fifth seed, uh, and they would play at Tampa Bay, a faulty division winner. The Rams are the sixth seed, and the Seahawks are the seventh seed right now. And that's pretty much pretty much locked at this point. So now we go to the uh, AFC, the Ravens. Uh, are number one, and the Dolphins are number two. And from that moment on, you still have uh, uncertainty. The, right now, the Chiefs are the three seed. The Jaguars are the four seed. The Browns are the fifth seed. So the Browns would have to go to Jacksonville to play that game. And then the, the Bills are sixth, and the Colts would be seventh. So uh, the Bills would play the Dolphins in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, oh, excuse me. The uh, Colts would play the Dolphins, and the Bills would play the Chiefs as it stands right now. And uh, 
the the winner of the um, higher seeded game then would would go to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Not that we're, we're like I got enough to worry about with the NFC, much less consider the AFC and where the Eagles are going to land. So, all right, so there's the playoff picture. Let's go around the NFL and let's stay with the Ravens because the Ravens hard to believe. I mean, they were a six point underdog in this game. They were chirping about not getting respect. They gave them extra incentive, and they beat the San Francisco 49ers, which I did not think would happen. They pretty much dominated them. They got Brock Purdy to throw four interceptions. So two conclusions about quarterbacks yesterday. Tommy Cutlets will never appear at another pizza parlor in the Jersey area. And number two, Brock Purdy just lost the MVP because that's going to go to Lamar Jackson. Deadlock. You can't throw four interceptions at this point of the year and have that not linger in the minds of the voters for MVP. So the Ravens, uh, out of nowhere, have become the best team in the NFL. We weren't really considering them for that lock. Uh, and their quarterback, I think, has cinched the MVP vote uh, right now. All right, let me move on to the Browns. Who I, I like. It's amazing to me that Joe Flacco, A, still wants to play, B, can still play. Like, I, I, I just don't understand guys that aren't with an NFL team. They can't be working out at the same rate that they normally do. And off the street, this 74-year-old quarterback comes out and he's the fourth quarterback to deliver the Browns a win, which tells me one thing, that the coach of the year should be Kevin Stefanski. It is amazing what the Cleveland Browns have done. Their defense has stabilized them, and Flacco has given them a boost because he at least can throw the ball down the field, and the Browns win as they beat the Texans. So Kevin Stefanski, the son of Ed, former University of Pennsylvania star football player, gets my vote for coach of the year. Your thoughts, Darren? I I wouldn't argue with that. The one thing about the quarterback position that I think uh, no, no one really talks about is being away from the game can offer clarity. And I know like the best quarterbacks are the most, the ones that watch the most film, I get it. But sometimes just being away from the game and clearing your mind because it's such a it's such a mind game for that more than any other position in all of sports. The quarterbacks, the quarterback game and his play is done between the ears. And sometimes being away from it and letting all the other bullshit kind of just melt away allows you to come in and see. Things uh, you're a starting, and it's starting a new curse running, streak. Running the most You've just started a new curse word streak. So there you go. You fell short of the DiMaggio record, but you now start a new one. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Uh, finally, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I, you know, I laugh. I got. I really. I got to laugh. Uh, I, how is a team that's supposed to be good be that feeble just because they play a road game? I don't understand it. But to me, it points to right here. It points to your heart. You can't win on the road. You supposedly have a good team with a quarterback who's supposed to be in the MVP race. You got to win one game on the road, don't you? Well, they go to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a pretty good team, but they lose. And it's just like anything else. How do you trust the team in the playoffs that now has to go on the road if you can't win on the road during the regular season? So I don't even give the Cowboys a thought at this point. They, there's no way they could play the Eagles. So don't even give them any consideration. They proved in that game against the Eagles that they were a better all-around team. But if you can't win on the road, how can you be considered a better all-around team? At any event, they will either lose at Tampa Bay in the first round or get destroyed by the 49ers in game two because this loss for the 49ers kind of energizes them for the playoffs. They can't kiss themselves anymore. They, they can't smell themselves anymore. They go, well, we just lost a big test 
So we better get refocused during this playoff run. We're going to have the number one seed, and we should win at home. And that doesn't do the Cowboys any favors, certainly. All right, that is around the NFL for today. And that'll put an end to the, today's podcast. Um, anything else that we're missing today, Darren? Uh, no, big, big, big guest uh, lining it up, trying to get the schedule of the Philly skipper for a, uh, an exclusive sit-down with you and him. Uh, Rob Thompson. Right, so that's coming down the road. We don't know exactly when that's coming, but I'll be coming down the Next road. So. And maybe it'll take uh, our mind a little off the angst that we feel with the Philadelphia Eagles, which I yes. tried to alleviate today with my little Santa hat. I think it's a good look for me. I'm thinking of making it a fashion <laughs> statement like the urban sombrero. So maybe I'll uh, do for my walk around the neighborhood today with the Santa hat. Just bring tidings and of joy to the folks uh, in my neighborhood. Uh, all right, that'll do it for the Mike Missinelli podcast today, brought to us by Bet Rivers. Again, folks, I don't want to shove negativity down your throat. What I've done my entire career is shove reality down your throat. Like, um, I've never been a fanboy. I appreciate it when the Philadelphia teams win because I think it, it really does a lot for the people here and the, and the fan base that's been so loyal. But I, I can't con myself into thinking that this is going to be something special. I've got two games left to figure out whether it's going to be something special. And in those two games, they could be so dominant against the Cardinals and then another week of dominance against the New York football giants that I go into week one of the playoffs and go, they got a shot now. I'm convinced they got a shot. And then at that point, if they disappoint me, I'll have to deal with it. But right now, I am not there. I am not close to being there with all the little problems that you saw pop up yesterday. Again, judging them by playoff worthiness it's not about a win anymore against the Giants. It's about playoff worthiness. And when a guy runs into a guy on a kickoff return, when your quarterback does not have enough sense to go out of bounds to preserve points at the end of a half, when when there's a guy that gets off the field slowly and costs them a penalty because of the 12 men on the field, where the center has played 100 years, keeps getting these delay game penalties. This is not a team that's in sync right now. Final score be damned. So for Darren... I'm Mike Missanelli. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missanelli podcast. We'll have another podcast for you as we go in to next week, probably on Thursday, our preview week for the Eagles against the Arizona Cardinals with Jonathan Gannon. I you to hear this. Jonathan Gannon never blitzed. With the Cardinals, he's blitzing. So you know that he's got this circle on his calendar. Everybody hates him here. He had such disrespect for the Eagles, he just left them in a lurch. Disrespect for... Nick Sirianni, who made him the defensive coordinator, he wants this win so bad. Now, they can't win it because Kyler Murray's eventually going to give it up. But I think they're going to be close. And it's going to be another one of those weeks where the Eagles escape. I hope not. I hope they win 38-10. to 10. And if they win 38-10, to 10, I'm going to be singing a different tune for all you folks that hate to hear negativity about your football team. All right. Have a great rest Mike, of the Eagles day. Mike, Eagles open a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. What's week. that? Eagles All open right, so a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Shouldn't be a problem. They opened 14. Or they got it up to 14 against the Giants, and you saw what happened. So I don't know. I, I can't say that that's, that's a line that tells me anything because it tells me nothing at this point. But control your angst. Go over your Christmas presents that you received or you gave. Feel good about this week until next Sunday when you get a one-clock game to be anxious about. All right.
Mike Fasinelli podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll see you a little later in the week. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Mike Fasinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.